There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. If you lived in the 90s, then you lived through a time of shocking talk show television. From paternity tests to unruly teens to all-out brawls, there was nothing boring about the salacious television we saw almost daily. In 1995, one of these shows had a segment with a deadly consequence. And on May 7, 1999, the victim's family heard the verdict in their lawsuit against the TV network. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. From 1991 to 2001, comedian and actress Jenny Jones hosted her sensational talk show that rivaled shows like Maury, The Geraldo Rivero Show, and The Jerry Springer Show. Because everyone was battling for the best ratings, each show was constantly in a battle of one-upmanship, meaning no topic was too salacious and nothing was off-limits. Which was not originally how Jenny's show started, but was a direct result of her low ratings. Regardless, the more tore the topic, the more people loved it. And the more people loved it, the more ratings skyrocketed. So in 1995, when the show put an ad in the paper looking for people willing to appear on the show, 32-year-old Michigan resident Scott Amador jumped at the chance to be on TV and applied to appear on an episode about confessing to having an unknown same-sex crush. Producers reached out to him, and before he knew it, both he, his friend, and his 24-year-old neighbor, Jonathan Schmitz, were all on their way to a taping in Chicago. On March 6, 1995, Jonathan sat in front of a live studio audience with only the knowledge that someone from his life was about to admit to being his secret admirer. Curious, he sat eagerly awaiting a woman to walk out, later claiming that producers alluded to a female admirer. Instead, Scott walked on stage. Not only did he find out that his admirer was a male, but Scott had already spoken to the audience openly and unabashedly about his feelings, his fantasies, and what he wanted out of their relationship while Jonathan sat backstage. When all was said and done, the two men awkwardly hugged and Jonathan responded to Scott's feelings by saying he was, quote, completely heterosexual. The clip never aired. Now, what happened after the show wrapped is still up for debate. While Jonathan seemed completely put off by Scott's confession, the friend who came with him claimed that they went out drinking after the taping and engaged in a sexual encounter. Three days later, on March 9th, 1995, Jonathan Schmitz confronted Scott Amador and shot him twice in the chest. According to the investigation, Scott left a suggestive note on Jonathan's front door. And whatever it said was enough to trigger Jonathan. He withdrew money from his bank account, purchased a shotgun, and went straight to Scott's home. After asking Scott about the note and Scott admitting he left it, he walked back to his car and got the brand new gun. Shortly after killing Scott, Jonathan drove away from the scene and called 911, confessing to the entire thing. When asked why he did it, Jonathan simply said, because he played a very fucking bad thing on me. He took me on Jenny Jones. Now, while it seems like a pretty open and shut case given the confession, the trial that followed would receive an incredible amount of attention and place a spotlight on the Jenny Jones show and others like it. 
His lawyers argued that the show's producers withheld the truth or outright lied about the potential of a male being his admirer and that the potential embarrassment he would face when the show aired was too much for Jonathan to bear, therefore using what is commonly referred to as the gay panic defense. Not just that, but they claimed he had been suffering from manic depression, as well as Graves' disease, therefore calling into question his level of responsibility and even toyed with the theory that all three contestants on the show were drunk during the taping. That producers, in an effort to spice up the segment, offered the guests alcoholic beverages. The other side, however, argued that not only were the producers honest about the potential of a male being on the show, therefore negating the idea that he was ambushed, but that they had in no way allowed their guests to drink before they appeared on the show, and that the pair had a sexual encounter just after the taping, theorizing that Jonathan, on some level, had feelings towards Scott and wasn't as upset about the outcome of the show as his lawyers were indicating. After two trials, Jonathan Schmitz was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison with the possibility of parole. 22 years later, Jonathan was a free man. But the family wasn't done with a Jenny Jones show. Scott's family sued the show for wrongful death in 1999. And on May 7th, awarded them a little over $29 million for the show's negligence. Time Warner's defense attorney was later quoted saying the verdict would cause a, quote, chilling effect on the industry, and the judgment was later overturned. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 8th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.